Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The word is powerful. The word is so much more than just a religious book to read in church. Here's what I like about the word in our modern world. I just discovered a new translation. I'm going to check it out, see if I like it. But there are translations for everybody. If you like eloquent writing, you can do King James. Most folks in here are like, man, that's Shakespeare writing. Thee and thou. Why does it sound like Shakespeare? Well, because it was translated in 1611 during the life, lifetime of Shakespeare. Then we have the New King James Version. It's still eloquent and sounds very literary, but it's more understandable. You got the NIV. You got the New Living Translation. I like the NLT. That's this, New Living Translation. I teach out of that. It's very similar to reading a, a well-written newspaper or magazine article. It's very understandable. Um, I love personally, for me, I love the English Standard Version or the New American Standard. I like those versions. There's all kinds of options. Now there's something called the Net Bible. I want you to look into that when you get a chance. Those of you that are really getting into the Word, look into the Net Bible. I believe it stands for the New English Translation. It's interesting because years ago, I think 1995, when the Internet was just a baby, these translators started posting up a new translation. I don't know the full story of it. I'm still researching it. And they actually started a dialogue worldwide with believers of all kinds, pastors, translators, other people, asking them what they thought about different shades of meaning. Now, they're very careful to say it's not a crowdsourced Bible and say we didn't get everybody's opinion and write a Bible, but we translate it to the best of our ability out of the original, which is Hebrew, um, Aramaic, and Greek. But they said we got people's input on the shades of meaning and wording, if it was understandable, how it flowed. Very interesting Bible, the Net Bible. So look into it. It's free online. You can get it free on your Kindle device. It's called N-E-T. And I believe it has some of the most extensive translator's notes, if not the most extensive translator notes in history that they've compiled with it as to why they chose certain words. It reminds me of the New Living Translation. But here's my point. There's a Bible out there for everybody. Some people like the Message Bible. I'm not a fan. I feel like sometimes, to me, the Message Bible to me is like, hey, what's up, yo? You know what I mean? It's so modern. But some people love it, and great men and women of God use it, and they say, look at the shade of meaning in this, and it's beautiful. There's the Good News Bible. There's just dozens. They say, man, why all these translations? Well, some have been translated from different, different Hebrew texts, but it all goes back to the same truth. And all Bibles point to Jesus as the Son of God. And all Bibles in every book of the Bible point to Jesus as the only way. Did you know there is some allusion, A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N, allusion meaning reference. There is some reference to Jesus somehow, if not by name, to his coming or his life, birth, death, resurrection in all the books of the Bible. Whether it's prophecies in the Old Testament or the New Testament about his life or the epistles after the Gospels, the whole Bible points to Jesus. The whole Bible. Everything. So remember that. And man, get into your word. That's why we're in Psalm 119 tonight. He's talking over and over again about the word. I love your word. Here's why. I love your word. Here's why. I need your word. Here's why. Help me with your word. Here's why. So verse 49, Psalm 119, 49. 
Remember your promise to me. Where do you find God's promises? In his word. I want to remind you tonight, and you know this, but this is a good, rip, uh, good reminder. God will never speak something to you that does not line up with his word. We had a guy years ago, and uh, it was before we were married. Pastor Jen told me about it. A guy told her, he said, man, don't you ever wonder if there's just, see if I'm misquoting you, if there's more than the Bible. Uh, hmm, what, what does that mean exactly? God has limited himself to his word and by his word. So it would, so it would not be confusing. He actually set up a covenant between himself and us to deal with him through his word. It's powerful. God deals with his people through covenant and through his word, and he always keeps his word in keeping his covenant. Okay? Some people get too deep. I remember one guy years ago said, yeah, man, this guy was praying so much and seeking God so much that he didn't even need his Bible anymore. I thought that's another time where I go, what does that mean exactly? My dad has always been brilliant at, at slowing people down and going, what did you mean by that? <laughs> what did you mean by that? We're never beyond, I will never be beyond God's word, and you will never be either. Because God's word, scripture says he holds up the world by the word of his power. The word of his power. So his power is always manifested through his word, and he always lines up with his word. People say, God spoke to me. Praise God. I believe it if it lines up with God's word. I believe it if it lines up with his word. Remember your promise to me. Your promise his promise is always his word. It goes back to his word. It is my only hope. That's a good place to be where you say, man, your word and your promise, that's all I got. That's what I always go back to. Verse 50. Remember Jesus said the wise man built his house upon the what? Oh, upon the rock. Yeah. The rock doesn't move. It doesn't change. It, it's, it lasts through time. It lasts through storms. Your promise revives me. Wow, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. You ever received a word from God? Just a small word from God, and you said, wow, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. That's what church is for. That's what your devotional time is for. When you're spending time with God, you say, oh, my goodness, I'm, I, it's, this is exactly what I needed. I had that several times today where I, I, my mouth was just talking, and I wasn't even realizing it. Even before church, my mouth said, wow. I read God's word, and I said, wow. Let me underline that. I've not always been an underliner in my Bible, but I've become more of an underliner in the past several years. Used to hate it growing up because Dad would get my Bible that was real clean, and he'd start underlining it. I was like, Dad, you got to underline in your Bible. Dad would just do it automatically. Why? Because of the words standing out to him. He's like, man, I need to highlight. It's just a habit. But when you do that, it also helps you remember things. So, hey, I encourage you, mark up your Bibles, even if they're beautiful. Mark them up. They're even more beautiful with notes in them. Some of the most beautiful thing I've ever seen is my wife's Bible, my mom's Bibles back in the day. My dad's, my dad's Bibles are all just marked up. I have numerous, numerous Bibles that my grandpa Treadwell marked up. I can go like this with those Bibles. It still smells like his house growing up. And I can see my grandpa's writing in there. Notes, notes on the Holy Spirit, Old Testament, New Testament, just writing in there. And I say, wow, what a legacy. Look at this. I can see what God was revealing to them in that moment. This is powerful. When you write in there, you don't forget. I believe it helps you to commit things to memory. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. God's word comforts you. Verse 51, 
the proud hold me in utter contempt. <laughs> but I do not turn away from your instructions. I took this as, you know what, there's times that people hold you in contempt, kind of like, what do they think they're talking about? Oh, what they think they know the trial you're going through sometimes. Sometimes we just don't. Sometimes the only one that can explain the trial that you're going through is you and God. That's it. The stuff you're going through. The proud hold me in utter contempt, the psalmist says, but I do not, regardless of the opinions of other people, I do not turn away from your instructions. Opinions don't move us. God's word does. There's times, and you know how it is. Well, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. And maybe it's cultural from your family, or maybe it's, and that's fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know who this is for tonight. God has reminded me of this in the past week or two. We should never let our culture or our habits supersede God's word. Say, but that's the way we've always done it. Yeah, but it doesn't line up with the word. Toss it out. Tie it up throw it out say man but you don't know our culture everybody has culture families all have culture we were always people of the word growing up but man we had our culture but one thing I loved about mom and dad was even back then it used to irritate me growing up they say well what does the word say I'm like I don't know let's just no what does the word say what but no what does the word say let's go back to the word and that brings great stability and man the proud hold me in utter contempt but I do not turn away from your instructions. No matter what, no matter what people think, I still go to your word. I go to your word. I go to your word. Verse 52, I meditate on your age-old regulations. To me, meditate, besides murmuring and saying something, it brings to mind the word practice to me. Anybody remember a guy, not very well known, right? Michael Jordan. Anybody remember him? They still have shoes named after him. Some of the cool shoes. Michael, she's like, who is Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan, who is that guy? Listen, one thing I always admired about Michael Jordan, he was so competitive. Growing up, his story was that he had a brother named Larry. And I th- it's odd, Michael Jordan, six foot six, right? His older brother was five foot eight. Now that's a disparity of 10 inches. He claims his older brother, though, could do 360s and dunk. He could grab the ball off a bounce pass and dunk. His brother was skilled. But I don't think he even made it to the NBA. But Michael Jordan did. And Michael Jordan said he became great at basketball because he practiced and practiced and practiced. He thought, if I can beat my brother, my older brother in basketball, I'm going to be great one day. And he was right. And he kept that. One thing about Michael Jordan was his work ethic. I always love this about him. His work ethic, especially these old school basketball players, football players, work ethic and his desire to win. But, man, his work ethic was always tied into practice practice meditate to me verse 52 meditate on your age-old regulations to me it's practicing the word it's practicing speaking it it's coming out of your mouth coming out of your mouth remember if you don't say it most of the time it's not going to happen you're believing god for something that's going to come up again this sunday that's a spoiler alert be here sunday you got to speak it man as you believe you've got to speak it i meditate on your age-old regulations oh lord once again he says they comfort me You ever needed comfort? Someone passed away. You lost something or somebody or, man, you've just been through a time you needed comfort. Nothing like God's word for that. Nothing like spending time in his presence for that. Verse 53, 
<laughs> this one's just self-explanatory. I become furious with the wicked because they reject your instructions. <laughs> Maybe you have to. <laughs> that one's pretty self-explanatory. Let's go on to verse 54. Your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. The book of Psalms is mostly songs written by David. You notice it goes to be, to be read with a, you know, it talks about, it, it talks about um, uh, musical interludes and different stuff in here. A lot of his song, his writings were poems to be set with music. This is the songbook of Israel. So he said, he said right here, your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. God's word should be the theme of your life, no matter where you are. Verse 55, I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. Say, so why, why did he write that at night? I think the point of the verse there is he's thinking about God as often as possible. Say, so how, how, how is this relatable to the things of God? How is this relatable to God's word? Man, that's a good place to be. I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. I believe, I believe the net Bible translation says at midnight. Even in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I'm thinking about your word. Hmm, that's great. I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. Therefore, I obey your instructions. Verse 56, this is how I spend my life, obeying your commandments. Don't ever let God's commandments freak you out or intimidate you. Remember, what are, what are the commandments according to Jesus in the New Testament? Help me out. Love the Lord God with all your strength and soul and might and everything you have within you. Love God, number one. Number two, love your neighbor. Man, y'all got it. Great class. Love your neighbor as yourself. That sure simplifies things, huh? And yet that can be challenging sometimes. We need God's help for that. This is how I spend my life obeying your commandments. Verse 57, Lord, you are mine. I love that verse. I've always liked that verse. Lord, you are mine. Remember, God is a personal God. He is your God. Not for you to control, obviously. We can't do that. But he's yours in that you have a personal relationship with him. I promise to obey your words, the psalmist says. Verse 58, with all my heart, <laughs> I want your blessings. Who doesn't? Be merciful as you promised. Verse 59, I pondered the direction of my life. Have you ever slowed down? Slowed down and just said, man, where's my life going right now? Where's this job going? Where's this relationship going? Where's, where's my day going? Where's, where's this situation going? I like that. I pondered the direction of my life, and as he's thinking of where his life is going, what does he do? I turned to follow your laws. I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your laws. Regardless of what you're thinking about concerning your life, keep turning back to God's word. Keep turning back to God's word. Like I said earlier, find a translation you like. Find a translation you like. If you don't have a trans, here, here's my, let, let, I digress here, but let me, you know what? I brought this up Sunday morning. If you weren't here, I want to challenge everybody to get themselves a hard copy of the Bible. Say, man, I've got it on my phone. That's great problem with phones is there are major distractions most of us don't if we're reading on our phone we don't shut off all text messages huh because we're waiting on texts and calls that's normal that's understandable but at times you got to set your phone aside and read hard copy it's good for your mind too 
All right? Good for your mind to read some hard copy. I love hard copy. I read on my Kindle often. I do because it's not my phone. I've got my Bible on there and other books I'm reading and one-year Bible and a complete uh, translation of the Net Bible now and the English Standard Version Bible, and that's great, but, man, nothing like hard copy. So I want to challenge people, start bringing a hard copy Bible to church when you can. Get you a copy. If you don't have a copy of the Bible that you understand, please get with me after church, Okay? I want everybody to have a Bible that, they, that is understandable to them. The best place for me to start for you is the Bible that I teach out of and preach out of, the New Living Translation. All right? So after church tonight, you say, man, Pastor Matt, I don't have a way to get a Bible. or I don't, if, I don't have, if you don't have the money, don't worry about it. Talk to me after church. We will get you a New Living Translation Bible if you don't have a Bible that's understandable to you. Some of you already have Bibles you understand. NIV, whatever. You say, man, that's easy for me. But please, get with me after church. No shame in that. Um, I, I mentioned that Sunday, and right after church, three folks said, I need a Bible. One of them, I was like, you don't have a Bible? I said, no, I don't have a Bible. One of them was just coming back to the Lord. And I went, you don't have a Bible? No. Okay, well, we're going to get you one. You'll be here soon. Let's get you something you can understand. Why? Because 59, I pondered the direction of my life. How can you ponder the direction of your life, according to the psalmist, without turning to follow God's word? Verse 60, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. My grandma Sena, I remember, she would say it in Spanish. She would say, venganse a cenar de una vez. What does that mean? She would say, come, this is a, I think this is a pretty good translation. She would say, come to eat dinner all at once or at once. I don't know why I was just reminded of that. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. The food's warm. Come now. Every mom on the world has been saying that for ages. People of all colors, tribes, languages, tongues, all over the world, come and eat right now. The food's hot. It's getting cold. I never understood that until I started making a little food for my wife. I'm like, I want you to eat right now. It's warm. These eggs are going to be weird, right? I'm one of the only people that just eat eggs even if they're cold. Runny eggs, hard eggs, whatever, I'll just eat them. But most people are not that way. <laughs> Come now, it's hot, right? So I will hurry, he says, without delay to obey your commands. Why wait? Wait for what, right? Let's obey the Lord. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Verse 61. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I'm firmly anchored to your instructions. That's a good one. Evil people try to drag me into sin. Why is it that people do that? Or people see someone else doing good and say, man, come on, let's go have a drink. Come on, man. No, let's not do that. Let's do this. Mm -mm. I am firmly anchored to your instructions. Remember, Jesus is your rock. You are firmly, firmly planted on the rock of Jesus, your salvation. Verse 62. Ah, here's the other verse. This is the one I was thinking of, actually. Verse 62. I rise at midnight. So, Oh, okay, 55 simply says, I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord. Verse 62 says, I rise at midnight to thank you for your regulations. That's a good thing, man, sitting up in bed saying, God, I just thank you for what you've given me. Your word is all I need. It is all I need. I believe it. No matter how I feel, I have your word. This is amazing. Did you know some people, groups, they're still working to get them a workable translation of the Bible still? That sounds crazy, huh? but they don't speak a major language. So I believe Louis Giglio with the Passion, Passion International, Louis and Shelley Giglio right now, they're, they're big time into helping 
get translations to everybody in the world for every language. And there's people working around the clock right now to translate Bibles into real, you know, obscure dialects. Wow, we're so we're so blessed to have the Bible. And then we're blessed in English because you've got, like I said earlier, you've got every translation you could ever want in English. I rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations. Verse 63, I am a friend to anyone who fears you. <laughs> anyone who obeys your commandments. You ever felt this on TV or when you met someone? You're like, oh, they're a believer as well. All of a sudden you feel like, man, I, I just... I don't know if you're this way. It makes me feel good. I'm like, ah, they're, they're connected to me somehow. I like them even more than I did. They're a believer. Wow, that's cool. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. Verse 64, O Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Don't you forget that. God is love. Teach me your decrees. Verse 65, you have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. Don't forget that either. God's done so many good things for you. Think about it right now. You don't have to say it out loud, but think about just three things real quick that God has done for you. You survived that car wreck. You made it out of that situation. You said, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to. God healed you. God blessed you, took care of you. He helped you pay that bill. Your tax return was more than you expected. Bless God. Some of you right now are waiting on that tax return. You say, man, they... What? It's I miscalculated. It's $500 more than I thought. You got a check in the mail. I like talking about that. It seems so random to me anymore in old school. I love it. A check in the mail. Praise God. Check in the mail. You've done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. He promised that cross, basically, before anybody knew what was happening. He as soon as Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, he's already promising their redemption. Wow. Only God. Only God. Verse 66. I believe in your commands. <laughs> I believe your word, God. That's the first step. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me how to use them. You ever seen someone get the word and they're just swinging it around? You're like, man, you don't even know how to use that. You're going to hurt somebody. They're just throwing the word out there and they're not even living it. No, no. Okay, I believe your word now. But Lord, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Give me wisdom on applying your word. Because that's where it's really at, is applying his word. Verse 67, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. <laughs> but now I closely follow your word. That happened to me with my mom in stores. Did you know that? I would wander off when I was a kid. I don't know why. I feel like this is a parallel to our relationship with God. I have distinct memories, one in particular. It may have been at a Sears, but I remember it was a department store and there's hardware. And I'd, I'd vanish. I'd walk off and just get distracted. Boom, and disappear. And I was always a quick little dude. And I'd just be gone. I'd turn around and where was mom? And then I'd start crying. <laughs> I wandered off. I still remember kind people. And man, I'm so glad they didn't kidnap me. But man, I remember kind people going. And I didn't realize I was that little, but I was little. It was before Jonathan was born. And they'd go, what's wrong? Did you? And, and women always know. I said, did you lose your mom? <laughs> she lost me. You know, I was the one who ran off. I think she lost me. I'm lost. You know, I don't know how many times I did that in a store. I'm lost. And they'd say, come on, let's go to the service desk. And I'd be crying. But I ran off until I started getting disciplined. Mom would go, I told you, man, I'm going to spank you next time. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. But now I closely follow your word. Verse 68, you are good and do only good. We need a revelation of that. 
Teach me your decrees. God is good and only does good. Verse 69. Arrogant people smear me with lies. Wow, it goes back to arrogant people. Why is it always arrogant people? They think they know. But in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Regardless of what they say, I'm going to just obey your word. Verse 70, this is funny. Their hearts are dull and stupid. They don't get it. That's what that means. But I delight in your instructions. <laughs> Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. Enough said. Verse 71. Look at this one. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Oh, my goodness. Human nature says everything's good, everything's all right. I don't need to pray. Right? Maybe I'm not talking about you, but I've been through seasons like that. It's like, it's good. I'm all right. Mm -mm, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to what you've said. Verse 72, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You know, the book of Proverbs talks about that, and it personifies wisdom as a wise woman who's speaking to us, saying, I, I raise my voice on the street corners and call out to people, get wisdom, and with all, you, all, you, all the things you obtain, get knowledge, learn wisdom. Why is it so important? Because it's beyond everything, how to apply what you've learned. I remember years ago, I worked at the bank. Some of you might remember this story. It was 19, summer of 1994, and this guy came in, and I'll never forget, he had a $50,000 cashier's check. He had inherited money. Wouldn't that be nice? That was in 94. That was a, that was a while back. Man, wow, $50,000. I remember seeing the cashier's check because I deposited it. It said, from the estate of so-and-so, so-and-so the third. It was his uncle. He inherited money. And then one of the ladies in new accounts goes, Matt, did you see those guys walk out the front door? I said, no, my angle's bad. I can't see them. I think her name was Michelle, and she said, I hope they didn't hustle us for something. He was, like, jumping up and down when he walked out the front door. Like, she goes, I go, well, maybe he's just excited because he got his money in the bank. She goes, I don't know. I hope that check's real. Well, it was. It was a cashier's check. It was real. But in a few days, I'll never forget, that kid came back. He was young, and he came in with a buddy. He came in, and, boy, they started pulling money out and getting cashier's, uh, traveler's checks. Y'all remember traveler's checks? They start getting traveler's check. I say, hey, where y'all going, man? We're going to the Grand Canyon. That sounds fun, but I bet they blew that money. I bet they blew that money. That's why wisdom is more valuable, and God's instructions are more valuable to us than millions in gold and silver. All the gold and silver in the world, that doesn't matter if you don't know how to balance it out and love God and put him first. Let's pray tonight, if you would, please. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We thank you, Father, for tonight. We bless your name. We thank you for the ability and the capacity, God, and the opportunity and the privilege to read your word in public together and study your word together, God. Now, I thank you, Father, because your word is light and truth and a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's also a mirror. It's also a sword. Your word is also the bread of life for us, God. It's all we'll ever need, really, from you in how to live life. We need your presence, we do. But God, you've given us your word. And whether we feel it or not, your word moves us. Your word changes us. Your word guides us and directs us. Thank you for giving us your word. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. And your word was Jesus in the flesh. Jesus was your word come in the flesh. And God, he's our way to heaven. And we thank you for that tonight, Father. We thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. Is there anybody in this house that says, I need to get right with God? Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you tonight. Is there anybody in this house? Say, man, I just want to make sure I'm right with God. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Let's pray together. Would you repeat after me tonight? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me, Lord. Help me to obey your word. I believe your word. Now help me to obey your word. Because in obeying your word, my mind is transformed. My mind is renewed. I'm protected. I'm walking with you when I obey your word. Thank you for your forgiveness. Now cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I'm right with you by faith, according to your word. In Jesus' name. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, ask God, just whisper to him, this is up to you tonight. It's between, between you and your God. You have a personal relationship with God. Ask God to give you a hunger for his word like never before. Go ahead. Ask him. Say, God, give me a hunger and a thirst for your word like I've never had before. I can't do it on my own. See, God draws you to himself. Scripture says it is the goodness of God that draws us. The goodness of God. You want to know about the goodness of God? It's in his word. He's already given you everything you need. Through Jesus dying on the cross and his word. Ask him, say, God, give me hunger for your word like never before. Give me a hunger for your word. Wednesday nights, I just want to instill a hunger for God's presence, communion with him and his word. And as you hunger for his word, I pray that God give you a desire to obey his word. In Jesus' name, just a moment longer, just talk to him. God is giving you a new hunger for his word. You may say, man, I don't have a hard copy Bible, and that's just not my thing. Hey, that's fine. You just get into God's Word. If it's on your phone, a laptop, on a, on a Kindle, on an um, iPad, that's fine. You just get into God's Word somehow. But we just believe that it's good to have a hard copy of the Bible. If your phone's out of battery or whatever, you can always go back to God's Word. What did God say? What would God command in this situation? What did Jesus do in his lifetime? What do the epistles say? What did the Old Testament say? What does God's word say? God, give us a hunger for your word. I feel like there's been some questions in this room even about God's word. And here's what God says to you. My word is a fire. My word is a light. My word is a mirror. It shows what's going on in your life. I believe God's telling us this tonight. My word is what you need. My word is the basis for life. My word is guidance. My word is wisdom. My word will keep you safe. 
My word answers all questions. Mm, thank you, Lord. I believe that. That's what scripture says. If it's the rock of our if Jesus is the rock of our salvation and we built our lives on the rock, his word, man, that takes care of everything. And don't get me wrong. There's times where God's just going to have you seek him and seek him and seek him. You go through seasons like that, but you have his word. You have his promises, and his promises are sure. Scripture says God is not a man that he would lie or that he should lie. He keeps his word forever. God, give us a hunger for your word. We thank you, Father. Give us a hunger for your word like never before. I pray a spirit of prayer over this church and a spirit of hunger for your word like never before, God. In Jesus' name, we glorify you. Your word fights depression, anxiety. Your word fights confusion. Your word breaks fear. Your word breaks lies. Your word comforts. Your word shows the truth. It reveals the true path, God, through Jesus. Your word is what we need, and we thank you for it. We thank you that we have access to it. Give you glory tonight, God. By your spirit, instill a hunger in us for your word. In Jesus' name, God. We thank you tonight.